0: all for joining us this morning before i turn the call over i need to advise that certain statements made during this call today may contain forward-looking information and actual results could differ from the conclusions or projections in that forward-looking information which include but are not limited to statements with respect to the estimation of mineral reserves and resources the timing and amount of estimated future production cost of production capital expenditures future metal prices and the cost and timing of the development of new projects. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual financial results and performance being different from the estimates contained in the forward-looking statements. Please refer to Yumana's press release issued yesterday announcing second quarter 2021 results as well as the management's discussion and analysis for the same period and other regulatory filings in Canada and the United States. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay today at 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast are available on Yamana's website at Yamana.com. I will now turn the call over to Mr. Daniel Racine, President and CEO.
1: Thank you, Operator. Thank you all for joining us and welcome to our second quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. Presenting with me today is Jason LeBlanc, our Chief Financial Officer. Johan Bouchard, Chief Operating Officer, and Henry Marsden, Senior VP Exploration, will be available to answer questions. I will start, as always, with health and safety. Our total recordable injury rate was 0.58 for the first six months of 2021. Earlier this year, we introduced our Climate Action Strategy. Continue to advance the strategy during the quarter, with work ongoing to determine baselines and gather data to develop abatement scenarios. The strategy is one pillar of our approach to ESG. Health and safety, environmental management, governance and community engagement are all deeply rooted within our organization. We're proud to have been named one of Canada's best 50 Canadian corporate citizens by Corporate Knights. Yamana ranked 31st overall and was the top-ranked Canadian mining company. The best 50 ranking are based on a series of criterias, including eight environmental metrics, five social metrics, six governance metrics, and three economic factors. To learn more about our ESG performance, I invite you, invite you to look at our latest material issue report and global reporting initiative report. Both are available on our website. Turning now to our Q2 operational highlights. We had a strong production with 217,402 ounces of gold, led by standout performance at Jacobina, Canadian Malartic, El Pinon, and Minera Florida. Jacobina and Canadian Malartic, I am pleased to note, both reach all-time quarterly heights. At Cerro Moro, production increased compared to the second quarter of last year. Both, but as we indicated previously, were expecting the mine to see. To see much stronger results in the second half of this year, produced 1.63 million ounces of silver during the quarter. Geo production was 241, 341 ounces. Quarterly cash costs were 7.20 per geo, and all-in sustaining costs were 1,081 per geo, in line with plan. Our strong cash flow generation and increased cash balances continue to position us well. To return cash to shareholders in the form of a higher, di- a higher dividend. As reported yesterday, we are increasing our annual dividend to $0.12 cents per share, up nearly 15 percent from the pre- previous dividend and a 500 percent increase compared to Q2 2019. We also announced a normal course issuer bid that allows for the purchase of up to 5 percent of the company's issued and outstanding common shares over the next 12 months. First half production and costs were in line with our plan, set out at the beginning of the year. As with prior years, we expect Q4 to be the strongest quarter. I would like to remind everyone that we guided production to be a 57-53 split between the first half and the second half, and this is exactly what we have achieved in the first half. Taking a closer look at our operations, as mentioned, Jacobina posted record quarterly production of 47,503 ounces of gold. As you may have seen in our release yesterday, updating progress on the phase expansion of Jacobina, average throughput for the quarter was 7,200 tons per day, up 5% over the prior quarter, with throughput averaging 7,500 tons per day for the, the entire month of May. I'll talk more about the phase expansion in a moment. At Alpinion, GEO production for the quarter was 52,607 ounces, including 39,492 ounces of gold and 891,255 ounces of silver. We continue to expect planned production in Q3 and Q4, with the second half production to account for approximately 57% of the operation's annual GEO production. in malarctic had a record quarter producing 92,106 ounces of gold, exceeding plan due to higher grades and recoveries from ore found deeper in the Malarctic pit. The operation remained on track to complete topographic drilling and blasting at the Barnett by at the end of two, Q3 of 2021. Minera Florida was a standout performer during the quarter, production of 23,818 ounces of gold was above plan and higher than the same period in the prior year. Mineral development continues to advance well ahead of plan, and exploration results continue to demonstrate extension of identified areas of mineralization and new discoveries. Production at Cerro Moro was 25,313 G.O. compared to 15,451 G.O. in the prior year period. This includes 14,488 ounces of gold, and silver production was at 736,820 ounces in the latest quarter. Challenging weather conditions, limited travel, and impacted shift change. However, the company took the opportunity during this time to fast-track certain health safety and other site improvements originally planned for the second half of the year, which will benefit future quarters. The transition to more male feet coming from the underground ore at higher grade than the open-pit ore will continue through the second half of 2021. We have a number of compelling growth opportunities in our portfolio, and that we're very excited about. One of these is the phase expansion at Jacobina. We've made significant project progress on phase two expansion to increase throughput to 8,500 tons per day and raise production to 230,000 ounces per year. The Jacobina plan to continue to exceed expectations. As mentioned, our success underscores the simplified approach that we are now taking to complete Phase 2. This includes the tunnel the processing plan, and tailing system, as well as operational improvements that de-risk the project, greatly reduce CAPEX, and eliminate the needs to install an additional ball mill. While capital costs are expected to be only a fraction of the original estimated amount, not exceeding 15 to 20 million, the key takeaway in yesterday's update is the greater certainty and reduced risk as we now require incremental optimization and operational improvements to achieve the phase two throughput. Subject to the successful completion of required permit modification, we expect Jacobina to begin begin producing at the new 8,500 tons per day in the second half of 2023. As we advance phase two, engineering for phase three expansion to 10,000 tons per day will advance in parallel, with the plan modification originally planned for phase two now considered adequate for the phase three. The feasibility study for the phase three is scheduled to be completed in 2023, and project commissioning is still on track for 2027. In addition to the Phase 2 update, we also disclosed strong exploration results at Jacobina yesterday. The, re- the, the results included exceptional drilling from Canavera Central and Moro de Vento, as well as the discovery of a new zone at Joe Sul with 536,000 ounces of mineral resources. The results support the phase expansion and demonstrate Jacobina's exceptional long-term growth potential and ability to further extend strategic mine life. Turning now to WASAMAC, our all own owned gold project in Quebec's prolific Abitibi-Témiscamingue region. We are excited to be growing our presence in Quebec, which is also home to our Canadian Molarte Corporation. WASAMAC is a great project, and since acquiring it early this year, we have made it even better. We've carried out several studies. That have expanded reserve and average annual production while increasing throughput and plant plant nameplate capacity. As a result, we've made a decision to advance the project to construction. We expect to receive all permit and authorization by the third quarter of 2024. We have identified opportunities to improve ramp up and decrease the processing plant construction period. Development will be fully funded from available cash and cash flows. Once development is completed, production will ramp up quickly and will achieve full production of approximately 200,000 ounces per year in year two and sustain that level for at least the next four years with costs well below the company's average. Wasamac has a reserve of 1.91 million ounces, along with indicated resources of 326,000 ounces and inferred resources of 258,000 ounces with excellent additional exploration potential. We believe Wasamac will be a very long mine life of 15 years or more, and assuming this strategic mine life NPV will be in the range of 850 to 900 million at 1850 gold price. Just 100 kilometers down the road from Wazamak is our Canadian Malarctic operation, where we're advancing the Odyssey Underground project with our partner. This is another outstanding project that will extend Canadian Malartic's mine life through at least 2039. The second quarter, we've completed overburden excavation and grouting to prepare for the construction of the production shaft and at frame. We've also made progress on the, ramp, on the underground ramp. Development is ahead of schedule with approximately 6, 764 linear meters completed this year, and 1,587 linear meters completed since the start. The exploration ramp is expected to take about two years to complete with the first drilling platform established in early July. We have also completed construction of the shaft collar and engineering is progressing on the headframe, frame, hoist room, pace plan, power line, substation, the workshop and the warehouse. Construction of the headframe frame and hoist room is slated to begin in the third quarter of 2021 and with that i will turn it over to jason thank you daniel and good morning everyone turning now to our
2: financial performance adjusted net earnings for the second quarter were 70 70. 70.7 million or seven cents per share combined cash and cash equivalents at quarter end totaled 702 million dollars an increase of approximately eight percent over december 31st year end this includes about 223 million that has been made available for the MIRA project. Cash balances along with further liquidity and cash flows are more than sufficient to fully manage the company's business and capital allocation objectives, which includes further returns of capital to shareholders. We continue to generate robust cash flows, with cash flows from operating activities increasing to $153.5 million in Q2 versus $129.4 million in the same period last year cash flows from operating activities before net change in working capital were $167.8 million. In free cash flow before dividends and debt repayments increased 34% year-over-year year to $51.4.2 million. We expect cash flow to improve in the second half of the year, with Q4 expected to deliver the strongest performance in line with the production and costs. For Q3 and Q4, capital spending will be a little higher than the first half of the year as expected. For sustaining capital, we'll average about $50 million of spend per quarter. For expansionary CapEx, the average will be about $40 million per quarter with about half that attributed to Odyssey. And for exploration, we'll spend between $25 million and, $35, $25 and $30 million with a 70-30 split between capital and OpEx. We continue to see a strong performance across our portfolio with production and cost tracking to plan. Our first half results are well aligned to our 2021 guidance released at the start of the year, which called for 53% of production to be weighted to the second half of the year. Our costs are also tracking in line for where they thought they would be at the end of Q2, and prospectively with minimal impact from inflationary pressures for the balance of the year. As noted, we expect stronger production and lower costs in the second half. Q4 is expected to be our strongest quarter, with the highest quarterly production and lowest quarterly costs continuing a trend from previous years. And with that, I'll turn back over to Daniel.
1: Thank you, Jason. Before we begin the Q&A, I want to talk a little bit more about WASAMAC and our growing presence in Quebec. I want to highlight a point raised by our executive chairman, Peter Moroni, in his most recent blog. If you haven't read it yet, the blog, I encourage you to do so. It's published roughly once a month as Peter shares his perspective on a wide range of topics related to the gold mining sector. His message in the blog can be summed up in five words, focus on big pictures. Our long-term production profile in Quebec, including Wasamac and Odyssey, is for 450 to 500,000 ounces per year between 2028 and 2035. While that's a strong profile in its own right, we believe it's just a starting point that the mineral resources and exploration from profile at Wazamac and Odyssey will generate significant production and mine life upside. That's where we're forecasting a 15-year strategic mine life for Wazamac and, and why we believe Odyssey will be in production far from beyond 2039. We know that projections like this call for an element of trust on your part. And trust and benefit of the doubt are in short supply in our industry, perhaps for, for good reason as a result of events in the last cycle. However, there have been many changes in our industry and in our company in particular, along with many successes. We believe we merit the benefit of the doubt that our long-term track record of converting resources to reserve at El Pinion and Jacobina and our success at Canadian Arctic, had good reason for your faith and confidence. Without diminishing the success of our other minds, Odyssey is a game changer changer at a mine that has been a significant win for us on cash flows. But before Odyssey, Canadian Arctic was seen as limited only to its well-established open pit. Today is a top-tier generational open pit and underground mine. So we urge you to, to look at the bigger picture. Wasamac has the potential to become another generational mine in our portfolio, a mine that will be in production for at least 15 years carried carried in our strategic mine life. We look forward to advancing this mine and realizing its full potential, and we hope you join us and enjoy the full episode. Upside. And in that, in term of our Canadian profile, in short, in few short years, we have established a platform that is among the biggest in Canada in of production. With a production platform that will reach an initial roughly 500,000 ounces of gold, all concentrated in two mines in the same region of the country. And with that, I will turn it back over to the operator for question. Operator?
0: Thank you. We will now take questions from the telephone lines. If you have a question and you're using a speakerphone, please lift your handset before making your selection. If you have a question, please press star 1 on your device's keypad. You may cancel your question at any time by pressing star 2. Please press star 1 at this time if you have a question. There will be a brief pause while participants register for questions. Thank you for your patience. And the first question is from Anita Sony from CIBC World Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now
3: open. Maryland only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800 gambler in partnership with MGM national Harbor promotional, not available in Washington, DC.
4: Good morning guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, My question is with regards to um, the, uh, indications that you've given for inflation um, going forward. Could you give us a little bit more color on some of the offsets that you're seeing? Um, I think you mentioned that uh, you are seeing some inflationary pressures, but you've got um, um, some operational um, uh, sorry, operational synergies that can offset that and um, areas where you might not have uh, operational synergies, then we might see some uh, cost escalation. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Anita. I'll start and I'll let Jason to, to give more detail, but... Talking about inflation, you know, a big part of our cost is, is manpower, and then we have negotiated two contracts this year successfully within our budget. So we have not seen really inflation in in that part. There, there's been some inflation uh, inflation pressure in the first half, but like we mentioned, we were able with our some synergy, some some good operation excellence again to 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 you know to limit the impact, and then we were. Right in line. So maybe Jason, you can give some detail of what we see coming and how we we plan to mitigate these discuss uh, these pressure.
2: Yeah, sure, Daniel. Good morning, Anita. Um, you know, Daniel mentioned we're seeing inflation. You know, those headline items, like everybody else out there, they're you know they're trickling down to you know consumption level of you know grinding media and and the, And the like explosives, et cetera, and you know those are all up year over year up a little bit more more than our our plan, but uh, you know we indicated it is uh you know not significant you know with the, the guidance range that we provided previously, it's accommodated in there you know with a little bit stronger foreign exchange, I probably peg that at you know fifteen twenty dollars of of negative impact compared to where we were at the start of the year, and obviously we're working to try to offset that with uh, you know all of our procurement efforts I think we've uh we feel pretty good about that and then also operational excellence i think has been a you know a big part of uh our, our success over the last number of years and that that program's just that much more mature and advanced so we feel like we're in a pretty good position to offset some of these impacts and we you know we do think they are typical in nature they are um you know all these you know direct inputs are up quite a bit from recent cycle lows. so they've come off from highs earlier this year so they do seem to be moderating but there is definitely an element of uncertainty here and we have to do our best to manage it
4: okay and then um second question is just uh on jacobina um i think you guys mentioned that um uh, you'd be pulling lower grades for the second half of the year as the mill is now outpacing the mine um, as we go forward, and that was temporary, and it's going to it's going to be you know, set up into 2022. But um, how how do we think about grades um, in at Jacobina in 2022 and 2023? Um, I think previously we were kind of gar- targeting towards uh, you know 2.3 gram per ton material to achieve those production targets. Is that still um, your your uh, your target?
1: Yeah, Anita, coming from the underground mine itself, that's the grade you can expect. But you, okay. you can understand that our phase one was 6,500 tons per day. We, we budgeted yeah. a bit higher than that at 68, but you saw our number. We're achieving 72 and 75. So the mine is not ready to produce that amount of uh, of ton. But we have stockpiles at, at a bit lower grade. So this is why the grade is will be a bit lower. So we're going to process more ton a bit lower grade and then in total that will be a higher production at, at the end of the day i think we have to take the advantage that we can put that supplemental and incremental or uh, into the mill, and that that's what we do we we're making a lot of money even with two, 2.1 grams uh, grams per ton at jacobino and that's what and then eventually when we're going to catch up you know to the production the underground production to what the mill is able to do then the grade will come back to that 2.3 to 2.3 to 2.4
4: Okay, so yeah, I guess I was just asking, when do you think you'd get back to that 2.3 or 2.4, and then secondly, um, as you mentioned, you're making a lot of money at 2.1, so then what kind of, um, you know, is there any kind of, um, I guess, processing cost reduction with the higher throughputs that I should be um, thinking about uh, in the model while you're still processing 2.1?
1: Why don't you answer that question?
5: Yeah, Daniel, thank you. we, uh, we're going to see for sure I mean we're doing step-by-step implementation to to the processing plant. So for sure with uh, what we have in mind by increasing to 8500 ton per day without having to install per bar mill, you can understand that's going to be much more efficient so yes for sure at 8500 with that new I would say approach uh, I would say I would expect to see some some cost decrease with processing
1: okay regarding then- great regarding grade uh, Anita that's one phase two was planned, so around the, the, the second half of 2023, you should see grade come, going back. Even maybe next year, you should agree, see grade coming back to that 2.3 to 2.4.
4: Okay, fair enough. Thank you. And then last, lastly, on ferro Moro, um, as we look at the, um, you know, just taking a look at the, the production year to date uh, overall, um, is it fair to say that it might undershoot the original sort of guidance range for that um, For that specific asset where other assets that are outperforming like Monero, Florida and El Pignon um, uh, Versus your budgets uh, might make up the difference
1: Sure, the, the other four uh, yeah. Might will, will do better, but we're still uh, targeting to achieve our, our guidance for Cerro more so second half at Cerro Moro Is planned to be a, a very good half? Uh, we're going to see there's always a uh, risk. But yep. the, we're still aiming to achieve our guidance at several.
4: right. So th- that was on uh, throughputs reverting back to normal throughputs after that sort of uh, health and safety shutdown that you guys yes. had. And then secondly on, I guess, uh, really good grades, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay. Thank you very much. That's it for my questions. Thank you. The next question is from Fahad Tariq from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
6: Hi. Good morning. Thanks for taking my question. Um, just on the dividend, I noticed there was some commentary around um, just maybe a different methodology or a slightly different perspective based on minimal cash that's needed. Can you just touch on kind of if the thinking around how the dividend is um, increased uh, if that has changed given you know uh, there's obviously some capital commitments that are coming up over the next few years with Wasimac and Malarctic, you add that up it could be you know almost a billion dollars of CapEx over the next few years just maybe just any changes to the way you're thinking about the dividend thanks
1: good morning Farad uh, yeah you we mentioned in the past that we might look up on you know a formula to for dividend but We've decided not to do that. We we look at our, like you mentioned, we look at our future capital, our future uh, cash flow generation, and then what we can afford as a dividend. And then when we look at what's coming at Malartic, at Wasamac, uh, you saw that uh, Jacobino is a lot less now uh, that we can afford to increase our dividend to, uh, to 12 cents per share. And then we're going to continue to look at it uh in the future and then we want that uh, that uh, like we mentioned many times that dividend to be sustainable so if we were able to increase it from 10.5 to 12 cents per share it's because we believe our profile in the next many years uh, can uh, we can afford to pay it uh, uh, at at that level
6: okay that's clear so so if uh gold prices stay above 13.50 an ounce it's fair to assume that this dividend would
1: be um consistent it will be consistent at 1350, absolutely. Okay, great.
6: All right, that, that's it for me. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from Josh Wolfson from RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
7: Thanks for taking my questions. Um, focusing on Sarah um. You know, is there anything that you, is there any details you can provide uh, in order for us to sort of connect the dots as, as to what's required to see improvements in the second half of the year? You know, historically, and last year, obviously COVID being a bigger impact, um, you know, getting the development rate seems to be a challenge. You know, what's, what's maybe giving you more comfort on the outlook now in terms of ex- expected improvements?
1: Good morning, Josh, thank you. I'll let you answer, but I'll say development as rates are improving. They're going a lot better now. So so maybe you and you can give colour of why we're very confident that the second half will be quite a good half at Serromor. Yeah, for
5: sure. Good morning Josh. So as Daniel said, I mean we we did progress really well to catch back on our development so that open a lot of possibilities with mining. Uh, just to give you an example, when we start July, uh, we were only we had only to do seventy meters development to meet all the uh, requirements for the next uh, six weeks. so we're getting in better position. Uh, we have higher reconciliation, I would say better better reconciliation between what we mine uh, versus what we see to the mill. Uh, we did some progress as well with controlling dilution and you know, it's already narrow vein. so all that together, uh, I think that uh, the operation now reached a point where we see a I would say uh, Q3 and Q4 reached the target that we wanted. So again, it's going to be a progressing approach, uh, quarter over quarter at uh, at CETO model. So uh, for sure, I and mean, I will not hide it's going to be challenging to to meet our budget and guidance on that one. But uh, the plan that we have in front of us is showing a good trend if we uh, if we succeed to maintain a high level of development.
7: Okay. And for the heap leach study, um, what was the grade of the material that was used for the column tests? It's about one gram per ton. One gram. And when you're thinking about, um, you know, this 5 million ton target, uh, I guess, initial resource, is that the comparable grade um, we should think about for for this opportunity?
5: Yeah, I think it would, yeah. Yeah, you're correct. Okay. For For sure. I mean, we're going to see we're going to see opportunities as well. I mean, we won't dilute for if we don't have to, but that can be our grade as well. But I would say one gram per ton is our minimal each each each, um, um, grade. Sure. Okay. Thank you very much.
0: Okay. Thank you. The next question is from Mike Parkin from National Bank. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
8: Hi guys. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, With Odyssey. Has uh, there been a good plan developed in terms of what will ultimately be involved with the Canadian Arctic Mill in terms of what it'll be scaled down to? Right now you've got the big sag feeding into the three ball mill lines, if I remember correctly. It, I know there's been some preliminary talk about potentially removing the sag. Is the idea to kind of run a couple of the ball mill lines and kind of keep a third one as a spare? Or what's the thoughts there?
1: Morning Mike, uh, Johan maybe you can put some color on it but we know exactly what needs to be done to to achieve but uh, again Mike we're what six seven years away to be in full production underground at, at odyssey so things might change we 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 our partner announced and then we said the same thing you know a new discovery at malarctic uh, uh, during uh, the, the, the second quarter so if we find more or, or more areas to to be mined uh, then then throughput might increase in the future at Mantic, but for now we know exactly what what's it needed to to achieve twenty thousand ton per day so maybe you on on the mail what needs to be done
5: yeah um, you know I will not go into detail my quick question, but uh what you need to what we need to understand here is we cannot batch the ore because uh, the processing time because we need to keep or is still plan running all the time to accommodate the mining sequence. So, as you said, we need to, uh, I would say, uh, right size the processing plant to about twenty uh, thousand ton per day. And uh, the idea here is going to be to be uh, to do it efficiently. So, we're going to park some of the uh, some of the grinding units, some of uh, many equipment can be parked. But that's going to be removed in case of uh, something up is coming. So, we're going to have we're going to have we're going to remain with that flexibilities. So from the current, um, uh, I would say from the current um, cost processing cost um, by by processing less tons, we believe that uh, the processing cost will increase by about I, I let's say top of my head a dollar fifty dollar US per ton more for processing going at twenty thousand tons per day.
8: Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. Um, another question with uh, the Jacobina. Kind of revisit on the phase two, simply just kind of looking at it in terms of where the bottlenecks are and unlocking the potential by addressing those rather than going ahead with the bigger capital spend. Can you just give us a couple of uh, ideas where the bigger bottlenecks are within the mill and how you're you're working to address those? Yeah,
5: for sure. I mean uh and I, we go we go we had a really good surprise The team are working like we do a really good job, I mean, to do those the bottlenecking little project and it just creates a prize and it it brings us to, to just reconsider what we uh what we have for phase two extension. So uh I would say on the short term, like they're gonna work on the uh, like water albeit the, the water pumping system and flurry pumping system and we also wanna do some modification to uh, our uh line. So even if we did some we still have to do some modification there to release all the system. So in, in parallel, I mean, what, what we see there is we have, we're using a power draw of about 92%, and uh, I mean, the sweet spot for, for mining is about 95 to 97%. So we're going to take advantage, advantage of registering the power draw at our running units. Um, I would say we also underutilize the crushing circuit. Primary, cru- primary circuit is used about 38% and the secondary um, uh, crusher circuit is used at about 50%. So we see some opportunities there uh, by by optimizing use, usage, and uh, I would say uh, maybe decreased IT garnimetry of, these, uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the crushing. Uh, so that will help. And uh, I, I would say the second one is, I would say the third point is gonna be to optimize uh, grinding size and uh, also screening and cycloning performance. Um, to, uh, for sure unload unload the uh, the grinding units and be able to push moton through the mill
8: you expect any loss and recovery or have you already kind of mm-hmm. done some studies on that where you're not seeing material you know, you no I
5: yeah, a good question. I mean, as maybe you saw that in our in our in our release that we we run two tests in Q2 and uh, we went up, uh, we, we pushed the meal up to 8,600 tons per day on the day, and we averaged really high tonnage over a short period of time. So for sure, we saw a decrease of uh, of recovery during that time, but that was within one percent, I would say, uh, and I'm generous in saying that. Uh, so, I mean, by doing all that, and for sure, uh, now we're looking at uh, like a P80. we actually have designed a 160 micron. I mean, between 160 and 180 micron doesn't make a big difference. We believe that we can push that a little bit further and we don't see at the inflection point. So that means by being uh, cutting a little bit by, by processing, I would say coarser material for sure, we're gonna cut on power requirement as well. So, as I said, this is something uh, that come up like in Q3, in- 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 And we're very excited and we still try to understand uh, what's gonna be, uh, I would say, the positive impact on cost uh, going forward and and ready to find where it's gonna be our sweet spot for processing rates.
8: Okay, that's good. And then last question, um, with respect to the NCIB, how should we kind of think about the execution of that? Are you gonna be strategic or looking to kind of just be a regular participant in the market? Um, with it and buying kind of a a fairly steady, you know, pace of shares through it the next uh, twelve months.
1: We're going to be strategic, uh, Mike. We, we do not intend to buy small amount of shares. It's it's we're gonna when we're gonna decide to do it. If we do it, it's going to be on a strategy point of view.
8: Okay, that's it from you guys. Thanks very much.
1: Thank you, Mike.
0: Thank you once again. Please press star 1 on your device's keypad if you have a question or comment. The next question is from Ralph Profitti from 8 Capital. Please go ahead. Your line is now open.
6: Uh, good morning. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for the question. Um, there's a quite a comprehensive tailing strategy being built around Jacobina. Uh, and I'm just wondering, is substitution of the surface tailings to the highest degree possible the goal here where you're taking more sort of a, an ESG perspective or are you coming away with more of a strategic mine life at the increased processing rate of 10,000 tons per day
1: when you're managing the surface tailings capacity? Good morning, uh, Ralph. Good good question. It, it, there's a lot of strategy behind, you know, the 10,000 ton per day at uh, at Jacobina where, uh, where we have to think about tailing. You know, we mentioned already that we're going to go with an hydraulic backfill system to start uh, we are probably going to switch eventually or have both also a base fill system to put more of the tailing underground and even now we're studying uh, uh, dry stack tailing uh, on surface to have to use uh, less you know less space on surface and all of that it's included in our strategy uh, we would like to to use as much as possible and the maximum the, extra, the actual tailing and that's what we've been successful to you know at 16 6500 tons per day we had a 13 uh, years uh, 13 16 years of tailing in mine life we will increase to 85 and we will have the same because we we're going to implement a backfill system so the next step going to a higher tonnage is to to use the same strategy what we can do to maintain our tailing mine life Still increasing the, the the underground mine life, but putting more more tailings. So you're absolutely right. Uh, that's part of a strategy to to put as much or more more tailings underground or reduce our footprints on on surface with with tailing. We're doing already quite good, but we we see opportunities in the future, and that's going to be part one of the big part of the phase three expansion.
6: Okay. Yep. Thank you. And- you know, my second question is coming back to some of these wage inflation pressures. Um, you talked about the two contracts secured. Would it be safe to say that those are in that sort of plus two to five percent range that we're seeing in the industry benchmark? And specifically, when does the Cerro
1: Moro wage negotiation come due? We did El Pinon and uh, Jacobina uh, this year. El, uh, Cerro Moro, I don't remember. Maybe Yoman, you know.
8: Uh,
5: Daniel I don't recall sorry
1: yeah we'll get back to you but uh, I don't think it's this year 2023 guys 23 okay so it's we're two years away yeah. okay thank you that's great thank you Ralph
0: thank you the next question is from Tanya Jeff please go from Scotiabank please go ahead your line is now open Hi, yes,
9: great. Uh, good morning, everybody.
0: Um, just wanted to come back on the share
9: buyback. I know um, you commented on it being strategic. I'm just trying to understand um, how you view your dividend versus your share buyback. Dividends about 115 million. Your share buyback should you do all of it? Um, that's over 200 million. It's probably double um, your your dividend. I'm just wondering how you're balancing that. Do you have a target in mind that, you know, share buyback would be similar to your dividend? Just try and understand the strategy.
2: Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, well, I think first, first, Tanya, yeah, it's got to start with the overall capital allocation. So we still have that balance across all those priorities. That's the first uh, kind of point of point of reference. And uh, as Daniel said, <laughs> with, the, with the 12 cents, that's uh, that's effectively fixed in our mind. It's sustainable. Uh, we've made sure it's sustainable through uh, through the cycle. and that's going to be the first priority. And then once we look at those other capital allocation opportunities, then we can look at the, the NCIB. Uh, so straight divi first. And then uh, you know there'll
9: be a component going to the NCIB. OK, so there isn't a target within the component. It's whatever you. Um so there isn't a target basically well we
2: can't look at just the dividend you know in and of itself we've got to look at all the capital allocation i think we've got the transparency on on capital now it's very well laid out with the you know the two projects in in odyssey and Wazamac now it's spread out manageable in every year and we will still continue to to chip away at, at the balance sheet too so we're going to be balanced across uh, across everything like we have been for the last several years
1: so we, mentioned, we mentioned many times, Tanya, that we have like three buckets: so our capital allocation, the dividend, and you know reducing the debt. And then uh, the debt is reaching a level now that we are very comfortable. It will continue to improve. So then, at one point, when there's enough cash, then we might decide to to do the the NCIB. So you know it's 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 all included in our strategy. We. We we look at all the time the three these three buckets and then if there's there's money available at one point we, we might we might do uh, we might do the the share buyback but it it will all depend what what happened with there's so many other factors like gold price that that uh, that we don't control.
9: Okay, no, that's fair enough. Thank you. And and maybe just coming back to the inflation, I know Anita asked this, and I just wanted to come back and you know you talked about um, efficiencies. Um, and, you know, offsetting this inflation. And Jason, thank you for the uh, currency. The 15, to 20 bucks uh, was due to, um, you know, stressing of the currency. Um, just for ourselves, are, are you seeing the inflation um, when you look at all of these numbers um, going forward in that 3 to 5% range that you're looking to offset? I'm just trying to see if that you're, you know, similar with, with your peers in, in that sense.
2: Yeah, so maybe just just start to clarify the fifteen to twenty dollars would be you know both both f x and inflationary pressures baked together. I kind of gave you a one stop there, so that's the two of them and you know they're you know it's it's coming through on 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 a component of items we highlighted a few in our disclosure, but you know we're seeing um the results of our procurement efforts showing lower costs on other stuff, so I think that's that's part of it as well to the extent we are seeing. You know higher costs on you know like the straightforward stuff like grinding media where you know we're we're actually seeing lower costs on cyanide, by example because of uh, consolidation work that we're we're doing. so it's it's a bit of um, bit of both, but the net is uh, a little bit more in inflation for sure. So we've got to focus on more of those uh, bundling and consolidation opportunities to, to try to take the edge off it and then you know back to our pure operational excellence. so that's more of a you know of a productivity avoidance type uh, type approach there so it's uh, we're coming at it from all angles
9: okay so it seems as though you're probably then on the lower end of that uh, sort of range in terms of what you are seeing inflationary wise yeah for sure that, that's fine with three to five percent i think that fits
2: squarely within the labor component that daniel mentioned very much within our um very much within our uh, our planning and then you know on a line item basis we may see higher than three to five percent but when you when you look at the, the aggregate of all of our work, it's going to come out more to that 3 to 5% range here. Sure. That's
9: good. Uh, great.
0: Thank you so much for the insights. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. There are no further questions registered at this time. I'll turn the meeting back over to Mr. Racine.
1: Well, thank you, operator. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We look forward to updating you on our third quarter call in October. Please take care, stay safe, and enjoy the rest of the summer. Thank you, bye-bye.
0: Thank you. The conference is now ended. Please disconnect your lines at this time, and we thank you for your participation.